Lund, coast to coast, peanut butter and toast. Probing in the lane, fading away, whoopsie doo, don't mind if I do. In transition, denied by Hoy Lean. DeCam says, give me that, a pick two for Northwestern. Spot of three on the way, bang for Noah and the Erickson center erupts. Spread the love around, corner, pocket, cash for Lund. Time continues to fly by. We have just one weekend left of regular season play now. You know what it is. Thanks so much for tuning in for yet another edition of Unlike Any Other, the UMAC. Ryan Mitchell, as always, alongside Wyatt Morell. Wyatt, how's your weekend been? How we doing? Yeah, doing well. Thanks for... Uh... You know, just another opportunity to talk. I, I enjoy our <laughs> conversations, Ryan. And here we are at the end of the season. And I think there was a little bit of prediction that we had this last weekend that came true. Some that didn't. Some was uh, expected. Some things not expected. But it's setting up to be a great final week of UMAC play before we get to postseason play. I mean, we've said it now for a couple of weeks. We're on the final stretch, but this is the final, final stretch, if you will, heading into this last weekend of play. But yeah, there's a lot to uh, go over here, lots uh, to recap. There was a full slate, and uh, looking forward to diving into it. All righty, do we want to go right into uh, the results on the women's side of things because we, we always start ladies first, or do you have anything that you want to mention before we get to that portion? Nah, I don't see why not. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let's start on the women's side as we usually do and just get after it. All righty. If you want to bring up the results, if you have them and read through them, you go ahead because I just refreshed my page and now they're not showing up. So I'll have them well, in a second. I appreciate if you don't, the honesty. But... So I'll, I'll bring it up right now. I got it for you. So on Friday night, Bethany was hosting Crown. They came away with the win 95 78. Minnesota Morris defeated Martin Luther 67-52 on the road. Northwestern was at Northland. That was a convincing 83-36 victory there. And then North Central and Superior, where this is a trend with North Central as of late, and we'll maybe get into this a little bit, but they win 47-44, a lower-scoring game there. So that's what Friday was, and we can probably just start there on Friday and maybe get into Saturday here in a minute. But I want to start there with North Central and Superior, Ryan. Have they kind of flipped to you at least where – there are a lot of low-scoring games now. Do you think there's been more of an emphasis on defense there? Yeah, I mean, I think you could go in both directions wide. It's a great question. Sure, maybe the defense is getting better. I mean, you're alluding to some of the past matchups North Central's had. I mean, one that comes to mind for me right away is that rock fight that they had in the tight victory against Morris last weekend. But then you could also say, honestly, that the offenses are lacking, and especially in some of these games for North Central where they were so high-powered last year in that program record-breaking year and we've seen it for stretches this season but we've also seen a change as you mentioned as of late so you know they don't say how you got it done they just ask did you get it done period and all that coach Bruner and his staff care about is that that one's in the left column as another victory and to be honest why I was going to ask a question to you as we flip over to the other side now with the Yellow Jackets they're not winning as much as they'd like to but you look over their last chunk of games, I mean, I got to give some credit to Coach Zach Otto Fisher's club. Sure, right now, they only got four UMAC wins, and they're currently in the midst of a four-game losing skid. But we go back to last weekend, Martin Luther, they lose by one shot. Bethany on the road, probably you could say the toughest team to play right now in the conference. We'll get to that more later, I guess. But losing by just seven to the Vikings. Then they lose by just three to North Central. And not to jump ahead, but they were in the game against Northwestern for long stretches yesterday and losing by just 12. And so, yeah, they're not coming up with wins, but they're starting to figure some stuff out to at least test some teams and give them a run for their money, especially when you look at the last three against Bethany, North Central, and Northwestern. Well, here's what I'll say about Superior, though. Would there ever been a time you would have ever thought you'd be saying, I got to give Coach Otto Fisher some credit for losing close games? for where they used to be at. You know what I mean? That's what I think we need to keep in perspective. Yes, they're improving, but this is still not the standard that they've set in the past. And so 
I guess I'm not as uh, encouraged by these box scores necessarily as you are. I get what you're saying, but that's not what they want. They want to win. They've had a lot of success there in the past, and at this point in the season, it might be too late anyways. But maybe some positive momentum, I guess, getting into next year. But do you think you ever would have said that before now? No, no, absolutely not. But, I mean, we've we've talked about that narrative a lot through this season. I think we've, you know, both officially changed that stance over the last chunk of weeks and even month plus two months is that it's a rebuilding phrase, phase, excuse me, officially right now for the Jackets. Because you just watch some of these games, Why they just don't have the playmakers, the shot makers, and the talent that the other teams at the top of the conference do, period. So you got to be creative and find other ways to keep games tight. And so I'm just always looking forward, Wyatt, to that postseason tournament, who they could match up against. And is it is it one of these squads that they've been real tight against over the last couple of weeks? Could they see them in the UMAC tournament? Yeah, you certainly can't take uh, the Yellow Jackets lightly, that's for sure. And then on the other side, it was a good weekend for North Central. They go 2-0. They beat Northland on Saturday as well. But you know who else beat Northland was Northwestern on Friday. That was a convincing win. And not only that, but... I feel like we got to give a shout out to Megan Roberts for hitting a thousand points, right? I mean, a great career that she's had there. And would you say now that Northwestern's peaking at the right time, or is it still too soon to be peaking? <laughs> well, hey, you know, they're doing what they have to do right now for what we've talked about so much that we won't get to right at this moment. But continuing to win games to set up that big matchup coming up, you got to keep that train moving along to have confidence heading into that huge tilt Friday night against Bethany. And so, you know, to answer your question, Wyatt, maybe they're not at the top of the ascension yet, but they're in the process of moving that way. So, yes, maybe they are peaking, but they have not peaked yet, if you want to put it that way, so if I can be very more, technical. There's still more there is what you're saying. Yes, there's still a bigger climb to be, you know, had in the future, if you will. Well, we'll get into it on the preview pod for this week as to if they'll need that against Bethany. That's the game everybody's going to want to talk about is that showdown because Bethany went 2-0 this weekend as well, and uh, there's just a lot at stake there, obviously. But we'll get into that in the preview pod. Northland, uh, at this point, Ryan, with them, they lose again this weekend twice. You look at this team now heading into the final weekend of play. They've got two more chances to get that one win before the conference tournament, maybe make something. They're going to get crowned next week. I mean, what do you do at this point if you're the Lumberjills and just trying to get your team ready to go for next week? And it just has not been the year that they were hoping for. Yeah, it's a, that's a tough question. I, I don't even know exactly if, you know, at this exact moment, coming off of another pair of losses, if Coach Tucker and his staff would have an answer for you on that one, Wyatt. I don't know what they do. You know, they hope for a really good shooting performance and give Crown a run for their money on Friday night. And then uh, probably a little bit of a tougher matchup they're going to have to close out the season uh, this coming Saturday at Morris. I don't know. I don't really have an answer for you on that hey, one. That's that's fair. That's I mean, fair. You, you you would love to get one before the season ends, but uh, yeah, you're just trying to enjoy these last couple games and uh, you know just just see what happens, I guess. Yeah, that's very fair. Uh, looking at Friday, then Morris defeated Martin Luther sixty-seven to fifty-two. It's an impressive win, I would say, for Morris to bounce back the way they did to get that win. Because, I mean, Martin Luther's been playing some good basketball. And then they challenged Bethany again a little bit on Saturday as well. So uh, a one-in-one weekend for Morris, and they're still just kind of in that middle of the pack. But you got to think this weekend shows in part that they almost have to play their absolute best basketball just to even consider beating a Bethany or a Northwestern, though. Yeah, well, you mentioned Bethany Wyatt. That's the next thing I was going to hop to. When we look at the standings now, I mean, unless something substantially changes, it looks like they're going to be the four seed. And obviously, you got to get by the five seed first, and that could be another matchup against Martin Luther like they just had on Friday night. But even if you win that one, who's next up? Could be Bethany. Could be yeah. Northwestern, yeah. too. And either we'll way, get to right that later. Now, it's, but, not, it's not an easy opponent, regardless yes. of if it's Bethany or Northwestern. Yes. So, I mean, that's that's what I look forward to is how do they compete with that cream of the crop. And we've seen, you know, over the last two weekends, them fall both both on the road, I guess, but against Bethany and Northwestern uh, quite convincingly. And, uh, you know, you talk about Bethany a little bit here, Ryan. They beat Crown on Friday night pretty convincingly, and then they came back and beat Morris by 12, 75, 63 on Saturday. Are, they, they seem like they've almost been peaking the entire season. I mean, this entire conference stretch, they don't have a conference loss. I mean, 
what do you got to do to beat this Bethany team? I mean, and who's capable of it at this point outside of Northwestern, I guess, in this conference, if anybody? Because, I mean, when Geisfeld just does her thing, it's like, what what do you do? Yeah, uh, that's that's another tough, tough question to answer, Wyatt. But, I mean, you try to shut down the complimentary pieces. We've talked so much, you know, on the men's side, too. Oh, what do you do against you know, these front runners for conference player of the year, the Cade Carrolls and the Brian Smiths of the world. And again, we'll, we'll talk about them later. They have proven to allow you to put up some good numbers on them offensively, like crown putting up 78 and Dahmer Bina filling it up for 34. Like that ain't too shabby. It's, I think these other players getting out on shooters, contesting the three balls guys going to get hers to a certain extent, but she's not selfish. We've seen that throughout this season and they had a huge performance wide off the bench Friday night, another name to watch for them as they're still not at 100%. I don't know what the deal with Sarah Kotke is, but she's still not back in the lineup. Ashley Schindel knocked down nine threes to, I believe, tie a program record at Bethany for most three balls in a game. And again, that was off the bench. She dropped 31 points. And so we've seen it from her. We've seen it from Alexis Cloyd that they can have these nights where they just explode as a secondary scorer, when we look ahead to the UMAC tournament, that cannot happen if you're going to knock off Bethany. Geisfeld's going to get hers to a certain extent. you got to watch out for the kickouts and not allow them to get easy, open looks, feet set, shoulders square throughout the contest. Sure, they're going to get some open looks throughout the contest, but you can't allow, I mean, obviously, this is the biggest understatement of the season, a Bethany Lutheran scorer off the bench to drop 31 and hit nine three-pointers. Yeah, you're not going to have much success if that happens, that's for sure. So here, here's what uh, I mentioned at the very beginning of uh, the pod, Ryan. We had some things that were expected, maybe anticipated, some things that weren't. As far as the women's side goes, Bethany goes 2-0 and this last weekend. Northwestern's 2-0. and North Central is 2-0. and The top three teams, kind of what we thought would be the top three teams at the beginning of the season. And for the most part, they have been all year, if not really the entire year. The unexpected is where I actually had this game correct. Crown beats Martin Luther by two on the road. You had Martin Luther in this game. Looking at that box score, though, I don't know necessarily that either of us would be surprised it was a close game. Those two match up fairly similarly as far as programs that are trying to build towards something. What does this win mean for Crown at this stage of the season? Because, I mean, they're more than likely not going to have a ton to play for in postseason play. But again, you're building towards the future, and I feel like this is another one of those big wins for Coach Zablo's squad. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, Wyatt. I was just going to say, building towards the future, this is huge for them moving forward to win a road game like that and, again, continually prove that they got scores on that club and players that are going to be coming back in years to come that Coach Zablo is going to say, we can build around you, and we got other things to shore up on the defensive end and a huge thing that crown just, I mean, needs in the future. If you know, we're being honest and if they were honest with us, why it is just size. Okay. They need more size to be able to defend and slow down some of these top teams in the UMAC specifically in the paint, but they're great building blocks moving forward. And it's a great chance to close out the season at the whack lumberjills and the jackets, both in their gym. I mean, they could pick up two more. We talked about in the last pod, could they end the season on a three game win streak? Because that win Wyatt, Yesterday against Martin Luther for the Storm broke a seven-game losing skid. So you could lose seven in a row and then win three in a row heading into the UMAC tournament. And again, I'll mention it. They can score. It's just a matter of they're probably going to need someone to have an off-shooting night against them to have an opportunity to win a ball game. But good building blocks for Coach Zabla's club for sure. No, absolutely. That kind of sounds when you say that lose seven in a row, win three in a row. It's like the equivalent to the Las Vegas Raiders in the NFL where they started three and oh, lost like seven straight or whatever it was, and then they ended the year on a winning streak. So maybe Crown's doing something something similar before heading into postseason play. Other than that, uh, anything as far as the Northwestern Superior game on Saturday goes that you wanted to dive into? I know that that one wasn't at the Erickson Center, so you weren't calling that game i don't know if you had a chance to watch yeah. any of the action on saturday though well yeah funny enough you bring that up that's the game i got to see the most of by far just with my schedule this weekend yeah it was a grind from time to time for northwestern and you mentioned robbie earlier obviously shout out to her for friday night hitting the 1000 point mark and how about on the bucket she did it Wyatt? how many times have we seen for northwestern touch into the lane kick out robbie's open in the corner let it fly and she knocks down the corner triple that was a huge moment for her. I bring her up, though, Wyatt, 
The performance yesterday was huge for her. Three three balls in the second half when they needed it, when the game was still hanging in the balance. Eagles only scored six points in the third quarter. Did not come out great heading out of the locker room. They were able to put the foot on the gas pedal, though, in the fourth quarter to build a nice lead and then coast to victory in that one. Not a complete performance, but I'll say it again. They still have better basketball to be played, and I think they may be saving that one for Friday night against Bethany Lutheran. So all in all, the Eagles did what they had to do, just like Bethany did what they had to do. Win over the weekend. Two clubs have won 10 games in a row. Somebody's O has got to go Friday night in the Erickson Center, if you can't tell why it, and I know you already know this, yeah, but I yeah, cannot I, wait for yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, no, I, I know you've been hyping this one up for a long time, and uh, you kind of spoke it into existence, too. I exactly, mean. and nothing's guaranteed, like we talked about last time, Wyatt. So when these small victories happen, if you will, where we haven't even had the game play yet, okay? So nothing's guaranteed with how it's going to turn out, but just the fact that we have this stage set, don't take that for granted. Because one of these teams easily along the way could have dropped a game, and it could have not been nearly as big of a blockbuster as we like to call it for Friday night, but it is. And so, well, I was well say, done. Round of applause to the Vikings and Eagles for setting that up. I was going to say, I'm glad this is on Friday because, you know, if it was a Saturday game, somehow there would be a loss on Friday night, and then it wouldn't be <laughs> as uh, it wouldn't be as great. Yeah. But, now, but now we know. Yeah. We know for sure that it's going to happen. That's a great for- point. So, yes. And it's the first of the big, you know, weekend stretch, if you will. So yes. you know you're going to get – both teams at 100%, if you will, and they're going to be given everything they got. So should be a fun one. We're going to have a full breakdown of that one on our preview pod later this week. Uh, that's really the game of the week. We should do like a game day thing next year or something, Ryan, where we're uh, picking a game of the week, you know, make our uh, – we can't really do a headgear selection, I suppose, on a <laughs> podcast, but, you know, we pick, a, we pick a site that we're going to, that's the game of the week. This would definitely – be game of the week and so we're, we're gonna have to dive into this one much much more when that time comes also another thing ryan that i'm gonna ask you to do and be thinking about when we recap after next weekend with the regular season over i think we make our predictions for conference player of the year as well as first team all conference yeah absolutely as You're saying as before before the conference before releases they them. release yes. theirs yep which is I'm voted on that. by the coaches obviously so yep i'm um, absolutely down for and that. we'll see how close we can get but anyways something to be thinking about moving forward like i said uh interesting week on the women's side a little bit of unexpected but for the most part you know you had the northwestern bethany and north centrals going two and oh the top three teams in the league uh, just to run through those scores on Saturday, I mean, we've talked about the games, but again, the final scores were Bethany over Morris, 75-63, Crown over Martin Luther, 64-62. Then, of course, you had North Central beating Northland, 73-52, and then the Eagles of Northwestern on the road over Superior, 53-41. to That's pretty much all I've got on the women's side. If you're ready to move over to the men's side now, we can Let's just do, it. do what we always do, start with Friday as usual, and then work our way down to Saturday and... Uh, you know, before we even get into all the scores, let's just get it out of the way right now. Talk about what everyone wants to hear. Bethany and Crown on Friday night. My goodness, what a performance in the second half from Bethany Lutheran. They answered the call, and Brian Smith and Hunter Nielsen in particular, who we got a chance to talk to, came out ready to play. One of the keys to the game, I said, Ryan, was going to be Mayfield and guys like that at the guard position filling it up and he didn't even play so that's great that you know i didn't know he was not gonna play and it turns out my whole prediction that centered around that was useless but i mean what a performance from smith and me or uh, nielsen excuse me they they stepped up big time and that's a convincing win to let crown know we're still northwestern's biggest threat yeah Wyatt, i'm glad that you mentioned the second half because honestly through 20 minutes of this it's about what we expected right I mean, Crown's continuing their surge, playing well on the road like they have the last multiple games, taking a two-point lead into the locker room. We said it was going to be tight. There wasn't going to be a lot of separation. But especially without Kyrie, as you said, to put up 63 points in the second half, shoot an absurd 64% from the field, 83% from deep, and the ball screen action of Brian Smith and Hunter Nielsen and then just the other three guys spread the floor as shooters waiting in the corner or on the wing and then just let those two go to work, they were unstoppable. Why? Unstoppable. When Hunter Nielsen 
got the basketball in the paint, and this is especially for the portions I was able to see in the second half. And again, shout out to Bethany. I mean, love the multiple camera angles, love the montage of highlights during timeouts and halftimes. Well, hold, but wh- hold on a second here, Ryan. I need to be explained. I couldn't get the game. You were watching so, the entire game? No, I was going to get there, Wyatt. I was starting with the shout outs, but then it was a huge bummer, and they tweeted out an apology and they were saying on the broadcast when they were on, their engineer was trying to work through it. It was cutting out multiple times in the second half. And with about five minutes left, it cut out and it never came back for me. So that was that was a, that was unfortunate. As you and I say, that was a tough L. But you and I both having some experience in that place as announcers, when the broadcast cuts out, it's a very helpless feeling. And it's unfortunate. And I know that they were... Probably very upset about it as well, so uh, that was unfortunate. Hopefully they get that rectified for the playoffs. But anyway, back to what I was saying. Ball screen action, Wyatt. Right now, is there a tandem in the UMAC that is more deadly than those two with how they're playing? And we can get into semantics as far as numbers go and just looking at the stat sheet, but specifically them in the ball screen action. I know we're not watching teams across the board, but is that as good as duo as there is right now in the conference with how they're playing, being oh, Brian yeah. Smith and Hunter Nielsen. Yeah, I would I would argue not even just because of this performance, but just looking around the league, they're probably the best one-two punch without a question right now. Even with as good as Cade Carroll has been playing in Van Dam and they've been stepping up and everything, those are the two guys that really are sticking out, especially on this home stretch. So what they were able to do, Absolutely incredible. And, uh, you know, I got to be honest, Cade Carroll and uh, Van Dam. bottom line is they got to shoot better than 4 or 15 from deep, and they got to be more efficient. They weren't efficient enough. They got their points, but they got to be more efficient. I get you want to talk about the defense, too, because, I mean, I said 85 would win the game. Crown ended up scoring 77. They weren't far off of that. But, yeah, they got to find a way to get stops as well. So there's a lot to go back to the drawing board with if you're Crown and realizing we still got a little ways to go here maybe. It's a little bit of a letdown with how well they've been playing. I mean, I know you picked Crown to win that game, so after seeing that, what are your thoughts now heading into postseason play? I mean, we got two more games. Crown could still get the two-seed, I believe. I don't know how we'd have to go through that tie-breaking procedure, but assuming they win both next weekend and Northwestern takes care of Bethany, it'd come down to who has the tiebreaker. So, I mean, they could end up hosting Bethany in a semifinal potentially, but... Yeah, and they they'd have to have Bethany actually lose both of them because Bethany swept them in the season series, oh, they did. Never and mind. they're a yeah, game up. Right. And so, but hey, for both Bethany squads, Wyatt, it's a tough final weekend. You're at Northwestern Friday night. You're at North Central Saturday. So as good as Bethany's been, winners of seven straight, hottest team in the UMAC right now. I've said it before, Wyatt. I'll say it again. I think you know what I'm going to say before I even say it here. So you can butt in if you want, or I'll just keep going. No, okay, go ahead. <laughs> We know how deadly they are at home, especially offensively. Does the offense travel to the Twin Cities this weekend? That's my question. You know, I'm not saying that they got to put up over 100 like they did against Crown when they play Northwestern. And again, this is not a preview pod, so I'm going to shut up about that soon. But then North Central, you know, that's a tough team as well. We know the firepower that they got. Can they bring that offensive firepower onto the road? Back to your question, okay? Van Dam and Carroll coming up with 41. That's not bad, but with what we've seen in stretches, you almost expect more. And it's kind of like yeah. what we talked about earlier, Wyatt. When Cade doesn't put up 25-plus and even 30-plus that we've seen in some games, JVD's been a pretty consistent secondary scorer. But if Cade's not going to have that monster performance, you start to look around who's it going to come from. We saw a big performance from Michael Ladd earlier this season against Northwestern, but otherwise... He's not really known as a scorer. Testerman will get some buckets here and there. Royston's more of a defender and, you know, protect the rim type of guy. Where does the scoring come from, though, if those two aren't carrying almost the whole load? And obviously, before we go any further, we should mention Coach Herbert and his staff were probably saying, well, yeah, okay, guys, guess what? We never were going to win a game at Bethany where they were going to be that red hot offensively. We're not built to win those games. So like you were talking about earlier, Wyatt, that's where it starts is defensively. They were throwing out any combinations they could in the second half to try to make it work. Royston only plays 19 minutes. Not because he's not effective, but, well, in a way, I should say, because he, he wasn't effective enough defensively. He couldn't slow down Nielsen. 
they couldn't find ways to stop that screen and roll action like I was talking about earlier. And you're, it's just going to be tough to win when that team is so hot in the second half. So back to your question with Crown. Yeah, I do have some more questions now. Good bounce back for them to pick up a win against Martin Luther. We can maybe talk about that in a little bit. But that's my question moving forward. If Carroll doesn't put up 25-plus, 30-plus, where else does the offense come from? And can they win games where this top tier of the UMAC has a performance where their offense is at a B-plus, A-minus, A-level? I don't know is my question. I think there's some more firepower on these other squads. Well, and here's the deal. We'll we'll talk about the other teams in a little bit. We probably won't talk about Bethany and Crown after this, but I still got more I want to dive into. Not just this game specifically, but with Bethany moving forward, are they are they the next best oh. team outside of Northwestern? Oh. I'm not saying no, I thought no, you whoa, were going to take whoa, a step whoa. further. Yeah, no, I thought no, you were going to no. stay. You could. You no, could. No, You've been you riding can't. with them all year. Yes, You've been riding yes, with them all year. I understand, but <laughs> that would be preposterous if you make that statement. The conference still runs through Northwestern at this point of the season, especially when they're basically a lock to host unless they were to drop both, and then we would have to get into the tiebreaker procedures if Bethany won both. So we'll, we'll deal with that when the time comes. But – I'm saying, are they legit the next best team to beat Northwestern now at this point? It's not Crown. And is Northwestern at all a little bit concerned seeing the way Bethany's been able to play now the last couple of weeks? Because we talked about they're able to do this at home, you mentioned. They're able to do this against teams that maybe aren't as good. But now they just did it against a very quality opponent, and they did it convincingly. So this one feels a little yeah. bit different. Yeah, and without Kyrie, again, I think that's you know worth noting. And especially no real guy had a great performance other than the big two. And when two guys can do that in a carry team, that's majorly impressive because then we see the next day in Bethany's win against Morris where they put up 98. I mean, it's that gym wide. I don't know what's in the water in the North gym, but they combined to score 200 points in two games. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is UMAC basketball where we don't normally see that happen. <laughs> well, so, we've seen some high scoring, but yeah, I don't think we could ever say we've seen that. Yeah, and I mean, again, just a, just a shout out to Hunter Nielsen, why he only played 24 stinking minutes on Friday night, and he put up 30 and 9. Well, and I would ask you, because again, I didn't get to watch it, and I do feel bad that their stream went out, but I'm not going to like, I mean, that, <laughs> that, that sucks, obviously, for everybody involved. Yes. I mean, I feel just as bad for me as I do for them. I didn't get to watch the game. <laughs> But was that foul trouble, or was that... Uh, no, he only had two fouls. They just didn't even necessarily need him. They were able to keep him fresh, and when he, he was he in He only he was... missed three shots, and he did not miss a free throw. He was 13-16 from the field. And Brian Smith, if he wanted to, well, obviously he probably wanted to, but he was one rebound shy of a triple-double. I mean, those two guys literally controlled the whole game, and Crown could not do anything to stop it. And sometimes it's just one of those nights. Yeah. You can correct me if I'm wrong, and you think that I'm blowing smoke. I don't know if they combine for 60 again this season. That'd be something else if those two can do that again. I think I think it will happen at some really? point. Really? Yep. Okay, I, let's I think, write that down. Okay. I think it will. I think it's going to have to if they want to have success in postseason really? play. And I see them having success in postseason play. So a little bit of foreshadowing there, if you will. But... Yeah, I mean, that's probably enough on uh, enough on Bethany and Crown, but what a performance on their part. Uh, that was a game we split on, so I was able to get the win there. We'll get into the predictions a little bit here, but then, like you said, they bounced back against Morris, 98-80. to 80. Crown, as far as what they were able to do the rest of the weekend, they take out Martin Luther by 13, so they do get a bounce-back win. Okay, so we go from Bethany and Crown. Let's go to their second matchup that Bethany had against Morris. Morris seems like a dead team right now. I said it last weekend a little bit, Ryan, but they just seem dead at this point. You lose by 17 to Martin Luther in your first game on the weekend. Then you come back and you give up 98 to Bethany. They just can't defend right now. Yeah, ditto. I don't need to say much more. I mean, you hit the nail on the head, Wyatt, and especially, you know, my nights, okay? Quick shout out to them for Friday night. You believed in them on the women's side, they let you down. I continue to believe in them on the men's side for that big win, they got it. So shout out to them. But no, that's not the point. <laughs> when you, like you said, when you let up 87 to them, when it's been really hard to come by on the offensive end for Coach Holtzeder's club this season, and then you follow it up, obviously Bethany's a juggernaut, but you let up 98 to them, it's going to be nearly impossible to win ball games. And the only guy that you can count on consistently night in, night out to get his buckets right now for the Cougars is Noah Conageezer and all the complimentary pieces you have questions on. So, yes, I agree with you, Wyatt. I won't say much more other than that. It's been disappointing for Morris, especially in the second half when it started off, Wyatt, with a win against Crown. And we said maybe are things changing in Morris? 
Yeah. Unfortunately, it, it just hasn't come. Well, and you think that the fact that they even were able to beat Crown, it's like, how did that happen? I mean, yeah. there's some just mind-boggling results from this year. We would probably, we should do that too at the end of the year. Just recap like the top five just unexplainable <laughs> happenings yep. in the UMAC this year. Well, and, and you, you could do the top five egg on my face moments where I've made statements that have been garbage. We were talking about that yesterday. <laughs> we, but, we probably yeah. could do that as well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Morris, I mean... You think about what they have, and you think, well, they still have a chance. There's a lot there, but I don't feel that way anymore, do you? Do you think there's any chance no. this team has postseason success right now with the way this season's gone? No, they just can't stop the other team. And, hey, this was a game they wanted, I guess, technically, Wyatt, from what we talked about. Remember that big matchup we were hyping up when they were hosting Bethany Lutheran? Oh, they want a track meet? It was a track meet, basically, in Mankato yesterday, but the Vikings left them in the dust, okay? So, uh, yeah, they it's it's been a disappointment. We'll just leave it at that. All right, from them to the top team in the conference, Northwestern. They took care of their opponents fairly handily this weekend. I mean, Northland by 21 on uh, Friday night. Shout out to Mr. Henry uh, Fonboulet. I mean, your preseason pick for yes. player of the year. I mean, he's, he's heating up. And not yes. only that, I mean, I'm specifically talking about his dunk that he had on Friday night. If you had the chance to see that, we got I did why honestly. Honestly, I think Henry would only give you that like a six, six and a half. Not that he didn't love the dunk and the feed, I would say, is even more impressive from Borma to hit him how he did. But Henry, uh, he's got he's got a lot more moves in the bag, if you will, as far as throwing it down. But yes, it was nice. It was a nice game dunk. I don't want to knock on it. It was I, you nice. You just knocked on it. That's that's <laughs> incredible. I try to hype up your guy and then you're knocking nope. on his dunk. Well, I'm saying I want to talk about his overall performances this weekend. Well, go for that, it. I'll, I'll, I'll turn it over to you now and just talk about the Eagles in general. They took care of Northland and then they, they come back on Saturday, 15 against Superior, 77-62 win there. Talk about your Eagles. Talk about Mr. Fonboulet and what he was able to accomplish. Yeah, he's been a lot more efficient recently, Wyatt. Going even back to that matchup against Crown last weekend where the Eagles are just looking for answers offensively in large stretches of that game. He was the only consistent factor that they had on that side of the floor and all the moves that he had in the post to just keep the Eagles breathing offensively. That continued this weekend, 22-9 and against Northland, ultra-efficient 9-11 of from the field, and then he backs it up with another big performance yesterday. 18 and 7, 6 to 13 from the field. He and Alm were the leaders this weekend for Northwestern, and especially impressive for the Eagles. Why other guys picking up the slack? I mentioned in the last pod, Kyle Kamink did not look totally right, especially in that second half against Crown. He didn't play either game this weekend, and so we're going to need to get a report from some of our sources before we have the preview pod coming up later this week to figure out his status, at least a projection of his status heading into that matchup against Bethany Friday night. So make sure to remind me we need a, an updated status on Mr. Kamink. I'll, uh, do, I'll do my best. <laughs> but I'm, I'm mentioning other guys picking up the slack. I mean, we've said his name before. He deserves another golf clap, Wyatt. I mean, I mentioned the feed from Owen Borma to hit Henry Fonboulet. It's maybe one of the more overlooked performances, not from Northwestern people, but maybe around the conference that we're going to see all season long, and proving why you can affect the game of basketball without putting up consistent shots, okay? It can happen. Seven points, 14 boards, five assists to lead the squad, also adding in a block and a steal, and he only shot the ball three times. But Owen Borma was controlling the game throughout the night in Ashland, Wisconsin, Friday night against the Lumberjacks, and yet again, important to do so with those numbers not available from Kyle Kamink that we're normally going to see from him, and then he almost has another double-double in Saturday's win against Superior, 8-9. You know, just a shout-out to him. He's still throwing. You're seeing, you know, he's practicing baseball still at the same time as their season's starting to begin. You know all about that, Wyatt getting after it in February to get ready for baseball season. But obviously, the Eagles are in the thick of trying to make another run late in a season and make some noise late in February. I mean, what can the guy not do? Owen Borma, what a stud. Yeah, a couple of big performances from him this weekend, that's for sure. So a uh, good good couple of wins for Northwestern. And, well, that's why I asked the question, should they be that concerned about Bethany with the way they're capable of playing still? I think a lot of it does come down, though, to if Kyle's going to be healthy or not. I mean, how much of an impact is that going to make on Friday night's game? I mean, it's huge. A huge impact. And I would say even more than his offense that we know that he can get, and he obviously will be a factor offensively if he's playing. 
I don't want to say he's underrated as a defender because we could go back and look last year. I think he was an all-first-team UMAC defense. So he's obviously been recognized for that. But especially, Wyatt, when Nielsen gets going downhill or Smith or Mayfield beats an initial defender off the dribble, as a help defender, he's going to be massive. And I don't know who he'd be matched up on if it's a Malinkovic or if it is a Kyrie Mayfield. I'm not sure. We'll wait and see on that Friday night matchup. But he's so big defensively against a team with the firepower that Bethany has. All right, what else do you want to dive into on the men's side? I mean, North Central got a couple of wins uh, this weekend as well as they were able to bounce back. i got to find the right scores here. For some reason, I lost my page. But they beat Northland and then uh, they were on Saturday, and then they were able to beat Superior on Friday as well. So they go 2-0. and And then on the flip side, Superior 0-2. Talk about two teams that are kind of going in the wrong direction coming up to postseason play, or in opposite directions. North Central may be starting to trend in the right way. How much uh, stock do you put into the Rams at this point in the season? And if Micah Filer can just continue to score, I mean, this is a team that uh, I think you got to keep an eye on. I'm not saying they're necessarily at that top level by any means, but you can't take them lightly either. Yeah, Wyatt, again, you're alluding to what I wanted to talk about with North Central. It all starts with him, and guess what? I no longer have the comparison. We're going to have to find a new name. Micah Filer is not the Lou Williams of the UMAC. He's not coming off the bench, Wyatt. Coach DeWitt could not wait any longer. He's in the starting lineup. He did not leave the floor at all in that convincing win against the Jackets Friday night. I guess you could say I owe the Rams an apology. I thought this was a backs-against-the-wall <laughs> performance for Coach Polkowski's club. I picked the Jackets to pick up the season sweep over the Rams. Comprehensive performance for North Central. Never really left a doubt in that convincing road victory Friday night. 28 for him on Friday. And then he follows it up on Saturday in that win against Northland, as you mentioned, to lead the way once more with 27. The dude's heating up at the right time, Wyatt. And you can understand, obviously, why he's in the starting lineup again. And I mentioned they've tweaked with their lineups a lot. I think Coach DeWitt's finally found his starting five that's going to be down the stretch. And it's kind of what we expected coming into the season, to be honest. It's Castro, it's Holtman, it's Filer, it's Thomas, and it's Thompson. And those are the five that they rocked with heading down the stretch a lot last season, and we're seeing it as they head down the stretch this season. I want to flip it back on you. I mean, I'm more obviously impressed with the performance against Superior to pick up that win, and then you'll take the victory against Northland, obviously. Good defensive performances from them is what I'm more looking into, but what's your opinion on them? Have they improved their stock over these last chunk of games as we head down the stretch? Yeah, I think so a little bit. I still look at it, though. They're probably going to end up in the four spot more than likely because I look at Crown's schedule here down the stretch in these last two games. You you assume they're probably going to be able to win both at home. I mean, Superior more than likely would be the one chance they could maybe drop. I'm assuming they're going to beat Northland. So with that being the case, North Central would need a little bit of help to slide up. And they also got to play Bethany. So there's there's a lot that needs to happen. So with that being the case, even if you can win that first game, you're still going at Northwestern in the semis. I mean, that is not an easy task by any means. You would want to try and avoid having to play them as long as possible. So, yes, they've improved their stock, but I'm not by any means ready to call them a legitimate contender in postseason play. Wow, okay, fair enough. And, I mean, you know, they would have to have Crown lose twice this weekend, Wyatt, because they won't have the tiebreaker because Crown swept them in the regular season. So, we obviously do not see Crown losing to the Lumberjacks and the Jackets. So I think we can basically lock it in. North Central is going to be the four. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And obviously the next closest team is Northland at four and eight. So, I mean, they're they're essentially just slotted into that four. I mean, I would make a case right now when you look at the standings, the top four are all going to stay the same after this next weekend, right? I mean, we, we can yep. probably safely say that. So with that yep. being the case, you just start looking at the bottom and say, well, who's going to be matched up against them? And that's where maybe we could see a little bit of movement uh, in this upcoming week. We'll talk about that maybe more in the preview pod. Outside of all of that, I mean, there's not a ton I really feel like needs to be said about this weekend of play. I don't know. I mean, if you want to talk about anything else or anything that stood out, I mean, uh, we'll get into our predictions and fantasy here in a moment, but just from the on-the-court stuff that we were able to see here from this weekend, anything else you want to dive on quick? No, I mentioned it briefly, but I'll, I'll give my official uh, shout-out to Martin Luther right now, Coach Holt Cedars Club. Good vibe in that gym this weekend. Uh, starting to trend in the right direction. Why? This is the team that I was anticipating when preseason. 
I'm laughing. I picked him to be, did I say number four or number five? I think I predicted him fourth of the conference. That could be uh, one of those things we go back and look at. But, I mean, honestly, when you look at them now, I mean, you know, they've had a couple of close games, and they're sitting here with two wins. So, I mean, technically, they're only two games back from fifth place. And if they get one of those closer games to go their way, all of a sudden you're only one game back going into the final week. And so maybe you're not as far off as you think. Yeah, and I mean, if they, you know, make it interesting for a half against one of these top teams, I mean, who knows? That could be a quarterfinal that could be interesting for a little bit. They gave Northwestern a little run last March, and so, yeah, good to see them just, it's huge for them. And the number, I think they got seven seniors on the club wide to just win a couple games late, give you some mojo going into the conference tournament because it's been disappointing for them. So shout out to them for starting to figure it out here lately. No, absolutely, and and well-deserved. So... With that being said, looking at what we had for our predictions just very quickly, and uh, we'll look at the fantasy as well. Uh, you mentioned this before we hopped on. I was a perfect 8 for 0 on Saturday. I mean, you know, the problem is that you Congrats. you weren't that far off. You were 7 and 1. So I only gained one game after going perfect. And then you look at Friday, and we had some differences in the Morris and Martin Luther games, and you. Won both of those. You had Morris on the women's side, and then you had Martin Luther on the men's side, and I was opposite. So that was a tough sequence for me. All that to be said, Ryan, I felt like I had a pretty good weekend of picks, and I'm still three games back going into the final 16. So now it is basically do or die. I'm going to have to pick my opportune moments in our preview pod coming up to say, all right, I got to go opposite of you here. And I'm already looking at the schedule and saying, I bet I can find a few here where I know what you're going to pick and I'll go opposite of and we'll see what happens. I was going to say, I'm looking at it. I mean, you wish you could have gained more ground, but it's not over because I I can guarantee at least one and probably two where I'm going to lean one way and you're going to go the other just based on teams that we've been riding for throughout the season on the bandwagon, if you will. Uh, well, we don't, we don't this, even have to tell each other. <laughs> and at this point, that's the thing, too, though, is I don't have much of a choice. i got to find a way to make up three games. I would have liked to have been a little bit closer after this weekend, but uh, I guess, like you said, it's not over necessarily. And all things considered, we've had a pretty good season of uh, picks that we've made. So I, I think we've done a pretty good job, all things considered. We'll see how it shapes up. Yeah, we should pat ourselves on the back for sure, White. Absolutely. Hey, I'm all about that, right? Self-love. So, anyways, taking a look at the fantasy scores, uh, anything you want to say? I mean, is it over? Is it over, Ryan? I hype up your own squads, Wyatt, all right? I mean, you're, you're handing it over to me right now. You should uh, give a round of applause for your great well, performances. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, and... to get to that. I'm just saying, do you think you have any chance on either the women's <laughs> or the men's side at this point? Uh, especially not the men's here as I'm down uh, over to Hundo. Uh, on the women's here, as I look, it's a little tighter, but... Unless Geisfeld uh, just decided to sit this weekend, uh, which I don't think she's going to do, obviously. Um, I don't know why yeah. you would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's uh, it's tough with the the players that I've had missing games. I mentioned Kotke. Uh, her not playing for a while is hurt. And, uh, yeah, just not enough around the board. I'm not going to call out anyone specifically, but kind of kind of the, the same. If you want to, though, feel free. The same. The norm is the norm. No, we, we've called out people in the uh, private text chain that uh, nobody needs to hear about, so uh, we'll just leave it there. All right, then. With that being said, uh, I mean, Geisfeld, obviously, yeah, shout out to her. I mean, this is expected, as I've said at this point. I, I haven't heard anywhere that they've started the uh, Player of the Year campaign, though, so that's a little disappointing. That's a good get point. Going. We know some Bethany people are listening to this, Wyatt. Okay, talk to the powers that be in the Vikings Athletic Department. This is a one in a, whatever you want to fill in, lifetime. Maybe that's too far, but once in a... Up to this lifetime, it's a once in a lifetime. Once in a right? millennium opportunity to hype up one of your athletes to legitimately be player of the year in all of Division Three. So take advantage of it, Bethany, all right? We sleep in May, as they like to say. You should not be sleep getting a lot of May. sleep the rest of this month. <laughs> Absolutely. I could not agree more. Outside of that, uh, my Dominic Urbina pick has really panned out as well. I mean, she's been the fourth leading scorer, and I got her in the sixth round. So yeah, that's give a some shout value out to there. Her. Absolutely. So she stepped up. I mean, it, it really comes down, though. We've been pretty even on the women's side. It's just that Geisfeld is about, I'm trying to do the quick math here in my head, 270 points ahead of the next closest <laughs> scorer, and that really sums up where we're at on the women's side. So as far as the men's side goes, though, I mean, the fact that I've been able to do this, Mr. Matthew Bauman pointed this out, I've built this lead without Kyle Kamink really being much of a factor. I mean, I think that says a lot about 
the depth I've been able to have on this team. And there's just so many guys that have stepped up. I mean, Carroll and Smith have been the two front runners for player of the year. I was able to get both of them on my squad. So they've been huge. Filer is uh, actually outscoring Cade Carroll now with his latest performances, which is pretty incredible when you think about it. So there's just been lots of guys that have stepped up. And then, I mean, on your side, just been some things that haven't gone your way, I guess is all I would say. <laughs> I mean, that's the one, simple, that's one way to put that's it. I got some way to put it. I got some top end talent and one or two guys that have been good depth pieces, but then just some absolute L's and flops for uh, other guys. And again, I'm not going to name names, but since you brought them up wide, I want to ask you, because you mentioned it a little bit yesterday. How much has the gap been closed in the player of the year race where we have said on the last pod or two that Cade Carroll is the front runner right now, and it is his award to lose for player of the year. Brian Smith did something pretty convincing when they met Mono Mono Friday, as we talked about. How much is that gap closed? Well, so were we foolish for saying it was as wide as it was initially? This would be the best question. I mean, no, I I think we're just being honest. Well, and you say that, but then one performance like this, and all of a sudden, are you saying that you're reconsidering? Well, you got to answer that first. I asked you first. <laughs> well, that's what they're I'm your, They're your that's guys. They're I, both on your squad. Well, I would say, quite frankly, that we were maybe a little bit too quick to say that he's running away with it. Because now looking at it, yes, I would say that, um, quite honestly, I'm very close to saying Brian Smith is the front runner now again. I mean, after you, you would give a, him the award today, uh, it's close. It's a toss up, honestly. I would say, I mean, right? You. You agree or no? I I would say it's I would about still give close, it to Cade. I would still give it to Cade personally. It's about as close to a 50-50 in my opinion as you could have. What Smith has done this year, and just the fact that Mayfield didn't play yesterday and he picked up that's like I get Nielsen did what he did, but just from the guard standpoint, I mean, the dude put up a triple double almost on Friday night. I mean that's incredible, and just what he's been able to do. Maybe I'm a little biased because I had him as my preseason pick of the year, and I think it'd be really cool if that came true. <laughs> but I think it's extremely, extremely close. I think there is a lot a lot goes into what happens Friday night. If Bethany is able to beat Northwestern and Smith is a big part of that, there's nothing that Cade Carroll has done that Brian Smith has not done at that point. That's kind of what Carroll has going for him at this point. That, yeah, ch- I- that changes on Friday night if Bethany goes into the Erickson Center and wins. Which, hey, folks, stay tuned for that preview pod. That's going to be something else. I think Wyatt's going to be wearing all red walking into that one. Dude, <laughs> dude, dude. <laughs> Here's the deal. I'm going to be more than likely picking Bethany in that game depending on what you do. I'm just going to tell there you right go. now, I'm going opposite of you in that game because i got to make up ground, and that's about as close of a toss-up as there probably will be this week. But – Understand, I'm still a UNW alumni. I mean, you, you know, like but I've Bethany's been your guys. Tired. You're you're riding with them. Hey, they they delivered this past weekend too. <laughs> I gotta say. Hey, I even yeah. said the conference still runs through Northwestern, and nobody should think otherwise. If anybody does, even just from that performance, that's just foolish. Northwestern's still yeah. the team to beat. They've been preseason favorites, and for good reasoning. It just yeah, they've they've done what they've been able to do this year. Like I said, without a healthy Kyle for the most part in K-Mink. so. It's been impressive to watch Northwestern. I I understand I've been on that ride-or-die mentality with Bethany, but Northwestern is still a better team all around, no question. At least a share of the regular season conference title 16 of the last 21 years now. I mean, we say they have dominated the conference for the better part of the last two decades for a reason. I mean, the numbers obviously back it up for Coach Gross's club. So we expect him to officially clinch it outright this weekend. At some point, I would say, although, you know, stranger things have happened, I guess. But no, I mean, you know, going back to what you said about Carroll versus Smith, I mean, I don't want to, you know, knock this any further. I think it all goes back to, and this is what I always ask, how do you define it? Because if you take away Brian Smith from Bethany, obviously, crucial loss. If you take away Cade Carroll from Crown Wyatt, what are we talking about? I mean, he's taken them to a level this year late in the year that if you and I are being honest, a lot of people, including ourselves, maybe didn't expect them to go on the run they did, and obviously they couldn't pick up the trifecta by beating the you know top three all on the road with that loss to Bethany. But at the same time, I don't know. You can disagree with me if you want, but yeah, I kind of would disagree a really? little bit. But we'll talk about that in the preview pod, maybe a little bit as we wrap things up, like for the season, because again, I think a lot goes into that game Friday night. So we're gonna have a big preview on it, and I think that's gonna determine more than just potentially the seeding and uh, stuff along the lines of that. So uh, that's that's all I'll say about that for now. 
that's really all I have to say this entire uh, recap pod. If you want to just close us out or if you have any final thoughts, I'll just kind of turn it back over to you. But it's setting up to be a great upcoming weekend to wrap up the regular season before we hit into postseason play. It absolutely is. And I'll save all my hot takes on the uh, upcoming matchups for this coming weekend until the preview pod because we got to tease something. But I want to mention, Wyatt, that we are going to have content that will drop before the preview pod. And you're not going to want to miss it, folks. We talked to someone who is not affiliated with any specific squad in the whole conference. What? What are you guys doing? You're wasting your time. But at the same time, he's affiliated with all the squads in the conference. And I'm just going to leave it there, Wyatt. Does that sum it up pretty well? Correct. <laughs> I'm not, so, not going to say anything either. You know, I mean, you've kind of already alluded to what's yes. going to be going on. It should be it should be fun, but that is going to be dropping sometime this week because yeah. you know we're committed to this, Ryan. I mean, this is the final stretch, and we're pulling out all the stops here. It was a fun conversation, and uh, that'll drop later on Tuesday, if not on a Wednesday morning at the latest. For that, that is the goal. And this is going to be dropping, Wyatt, as far as I'm concerned, before the game's over. So I got one last question for you. Rams or Bengals? Well, we're going to have to talk about that. I was actually – we'll talk about it off the air as far as when we're going to post this. But uh, I will take <laughs> the Rams convincingly. That convincingly. Team. Okay, folks, for a timestamp, this is a Sunday afternoon. Okay, this is long before Well, and the I'll acknowledge it if it doesn't work out <laughs> on the next spot. I just think their D-line and offensive line is way too much. I don't see how the Bengals are going to be able to protect Burrow. And the dog gets a rain, Mr. Matthew Stafford. Well-deserved, too. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I I don't see that happening. I hope that does not happen. But, yeah, it it should be a fun game. Yeah, it should. No, no question. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it shapes up. That's why you play the game, though. So uh, I'm going to look forward to watching it and seeing what happens. But, yeah, no, uh, more importantly, though, like we said, Ryan, I mean, who cares about football? This is this is February and March, all right? Football's is almost ba- over. This is, ba- this is basketball season, all right? Yes, I totally agree. All right, you want to take us out or you want me to? <laughs> Sorry, I, I could uh, take us out. Again, as we mentioned, plenty of great things coming later on this week as we head down the stretch. As always, we welcome your feedback, questions, comments, concerns. If you'd like to put us on the spot, if you have suggestions for things we should do in the future really any and all of that can be sent our way the inbox is open uao the umac at gmail.com or dms always open as well on twitter you can search us at uao the umac with that hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend if you're listening to this before the weekend is over if not we will uh obviously be back with you soon looking forward to bringing that preview pod and another conversation to drop as well we sleep later on for now we're enjoying the grind thanks so much for tuning in for yet another episode of unlike any other the umac